Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome, everybody, to episode 64 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant. We love the coach, Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? You're an actual coach. Yes, I am an actual coach, Phil, in three sports. Which, uh, just in case people are, are just joining us or haven't caught on to it by now, what, what sports do you coach? I coach junior high football, uh, 4th through 12th grade archery, and junior high softball. Cool. Yep. Um... I, I doubt any of your kids are listening to this. So, w- which one is your favorite? <laughs> um, they all have a special place in I'm, my heart. Okay, Phil. you're saying only saying that because you think one of them is listening. They might be. You never know. <laughs> um, cool. I, I will tell you the my favorite one to watch uh, since I don't play or coach any sport uh, is football. Yeah, I, I love football. So I'm I'm sad to see it go, and I'm sad that our Chiefs. I mean, when I say our, I mean my. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. That would have been awesome. But anyway, uh, maybe next year. If you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Grant and I get together once a week and talk about what's new and what's hip, as the kids say, uh, on Disney Plus on the service. And and so this week we are reviewing the latest episode of WandaVision. We have reviewed every episode of WandaVision uh, thus far. And uh, we did like a three episode spectacular at the yep. beginning. And then, um, and then we've reviewed every episode since. So if you are just joining us, go back and listen to all of our reviews. I think you'll enjoy our discussion on that. Uh, we made some predictions towards the beginning of the season, some of which have come true, some of which are were way off. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of fun. And to- some are to be determined. Exactly. We don't know uh, how some of them are going to pan out still. So, um, Although I think we'll, we'll get to some of those payoff, like the ones that we actually did talk about, but even back on like episode three um, yeah. uh, that are just now coming true. So um before we get into the main discussions, though, we'll do a brief uh, news of the week. We like to kind of start every episode with kind of what's new in Disney Plus news. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber, what you might be interested to know. Um, we'll start with the funny one first, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's the funny one that you texted me this week? Oh, Golden Girls is coming to Disney <laughs> Plus this summer. And you bet we're not going to cover that. No. <laughs> Every episode. I start out every show saying that we, we review the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. So, um, although, I mean, there we laugh. There is an audience yeah. that it subscribes to Disney Plus that's probably going to be thrilled yeah. by uh, Golden Girls going there. Have you ever seen an episode of Golden Girls? No, okay. not at all. And this is not going to be your chance? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, my 
grandmother really enjoyed Golden Girls when it first came out. I used to, uh, my grandmother was almost like a babysitter for us growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, a lot of times my parents would, would drop us off at the, at the grandparents. And so I remember watching it a lot with yeah. my grandmother. Um, I think maybe my mom watched it. Uh, I don't think my dad was much into it. Um, it is, it, it is, I guarantee you a show that does not hold up. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> there's no way that show is funny now. Yeah. I don't think so either. And I, I don't even know if, it's going to be on that long. Like if there will be that many subscribers to it to it's, I I don't know from what, if I'm understanding the article that you sent me correctly, it's only on the service this summer. Yeah. They're pulling it. That could be. Yeah. I, that, that was my impression is that they're literally pulling it in September. Mm -hmm. Um, so watch it while you can, I guess this summer. I mean, maybe I'll watch one episode (laughs) just to, See what it's like. I yeah. mean, I just don't think it's going to catch my attention to where I'm going to binge watch the Golden Girls this summer. I'm very interested to see the fidelity f- fidelity of the of how it looks on screen because, yeah. like, we have like nice 4K TVs. A lot of people do, mm-hmm. and um, like that show was definitely like grainy and four by three back yeah. back then. Uh, I can't imagine that it, they they've widescreened yeah. it or like it's it's probably it's going to look a little rough. I think yeah. um, on your TV now, but. Uh, we'll see. I, maybe they could really do something pretty cool with it. And I'm sure it's been on other services like Hulu or Netflix at some point. Yeah. Um, I just, um, it's interesting that it's kind of making the rounds uh, around Disney Plus. But I think the the more interesting um, story that I saw this week was um, the first, I think it's the first, unless there was like a short teaser or something somewhere. No, I think it's the first. It's the first full length for sure. Yeah. Trailer for Cruella, mm-hmm. um, which is... Uh, an extreme prequel. This is like a very young Cruella Deville from, of course, uh, 101 Dalmatians. And it um, one thing I I guess it had just like totally skipped my brain. I, I guess I didn't see it. Is that Emma Stone is actually playing the the titular character here, mm-hmm. um, which I love Emma Stone so much. She's like a top five yep. actress for for me. I really I I, I watch everything that she's in, and so um, I'm just excited to see her in it. But um, you had a chance to watch the trailer today. Yeah. What, what what are, what are your kind of impressions from it? Um, it's very dark. Um, I don't really think because I mean. 101 Dalmatians, um, the animated, and even the one with Glenn Close, those two. Um, oh, I, I totally forgot about that, the, the Glenn Close one. I mean, they're kind of laugh aloud, and they're kid-friendly, but I don't really get the feeling that this is kid-friendly, really. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about before we recorded, I definitely think this will be rated PG-13. I don't think Disney will go R because I don't think they would ever do that with a classic uh, animated that kids absolutely love. But I definitely think this will be probably one of the darkest ones. I mean, Aladdin kind of went there a couple times in the live remake, but I think this one will be dark pretty much throughout uh, this movie. Um. The, the most recent Aladdin that came out in 2019 was PG. Um, but I, I think I'm kind of with you. I, I almost wonder if this isn't PG-13. Yeah. Um, it it looks... Th- was Beauty and the Beast PG-13? Or was that um, PG let me, as let me well? Let look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one with uh, Emma Watson. Yeah. I'm not seeing a reading on that. Um, I'll, I'll find it here in a second. Um, the... 
the aesthetic, like the, the, I mean, maybe the movie is, isn't going to be like this, but I, you have to assume it is like, it's, it is very dark from beginning to, to end. The article that I found uh, that was from movieweb.com was talking about how there's like a trend on, on Twitter right now of Disney's Joker is the yeah. phrase that, that after watching the trailer, people are saying she looks like Disney's Joker. Um, and I definitely get that, those impressions. She's got the, uh, the big lipstick and white face, you know, or not white face, but like, um, uh, you know, what kind of washed, uh, look. And then she's yeah. got like half white, half black hair. And she's obviously very sinister. Um, as you would expect, I guess, from watching the original, yeah animated film but this is like going super dark like um like almost praising the villain like i i think when people are th- talking about joker they're talking about the the uh the recent joker movie yes. that just came out like walking phoenix yeah well, yeah walking phoenix where it's like that for two hours it's celebrating uh villainy like it's yeah. it's celebrating like a dark person and this almost seems like it's going to be like that like she's going to be essentially the anti-hero of the movie yeah. uh and just like doubling down on like being bad is cool type of thing um which i'm totally down for i, I like i said i like emma stone i will say that i i get as far as her the way she speaks she has a, a british accent which is kind of mm-hmm. weird coming from emma stone and um and, but it's very, uh, she's very like, like dark and gravelly in her delivery. And I almost kind of get out like a Harley Quinn kind of vibe from yeah. it. Um, and that's totally cool with me too. Like I, yeah. I love the, the new, the latest Harley Quinn stuff that we've seen in the movies too. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's coming out soon too. It's March or yeah. uh, sorry, May, uh, end of May. And, um, I, you know, I don't know, did, did this is coming to theaters. Have they haven't yeah. announced anything for Disney plus, I no, guess. Not yet. I mean, this was one where we've read articles about that um, that could potentially go straight to Disney Plus at a fee, but yeah, there hasn't been anything yet. I mean, I think this is going to be a hard sell, especially if it's PG thirteen. It'll be a hard sell for for the new um, uh, Premier Access thing that they've yeah. been doing. Um, I I think some people will just skip it, just wait three months or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I, I I mean we're on a podcast, so maybe we don't count. But like I I'm in for just about any premiere yeah. access that they do, uh, for the most part, unless it's just something I literally don't care about. But um, this has me intrigued. Um, I, I'm definitely going to watch it as, as quickly as I can. Yeah. So if theaters are are safer to go to in May, and this is only a theater release, I'll, I'll go see this in theaters. Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely say this one. Because I believe the next one that's on the table is Little Mermaid. So I wonder if whatever they're going to do with Cruella, that they'll just make it even darker come Ursula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... So I, I kind of wonder if they're wetting their appetite to their fans yeah, to that's... see the reaction. That's a great take. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I would love to see a super dark Ursula. Yeah. Um, yeah, these, these movies were movies that, you know, I mean, Jordan, I, my four-year-old has seen all of these. I actually, she, I don't think she actually has seen 101 Dalmatians, yeah. but she's seen just about everything from the full Disney catalog. I'd say she's probably seen 60 or 70% of it. And, um, and yet these are not her movies. Like mm-hmm. her movies are anything that's been released in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like she... I think can appreciate she loves the old like Cinderella and um, Sleeping Beauty and stuff like that but she doesn't go back to those as much as she does Frozen even yeah. or and, Tangled or Tangled is like one of her favorite films mm-hmm. so like um, it it, ha- it really has to have been released in the last 15 years yeah. for her to like really be sold on it and so like she has no affinity for 
101 Dalmatians. She's obviously way too young to watch this movie. Oh yeah. But like, I, I think, I don't, I think that's Disney knows that like they're like, who, who is this movie for? Who's the audience that's going to come see this? It's probably not the six year olds. No. It's going to be the people that grew up on this movie. Yeah. A long time ago. And now are older. Yeah. Um, or even the first, uh, live action with Glenn Close. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's going to be the target audience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I, 101 was a movie that I, I we watched a lot yeah. uh, growing up. And so um, it wasn't necessarily like our favorite Disney movie, but we we had it on tape and we watched it a lot. And um, just to see um, just a new take on an old villain like that has yeah. is, is, is got me really intrigued. So Yeah, um, I'm definitely intrigued as well. Not sure about Caitlin because... She's not the biggest Emma Stone fan. But, oh yeah, but well, I'm sure we'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be. I mean, it's obviously you can tell by the title of the movie, but it is going to be an Emma Stone movie. Like, yeah. uh, she'll be in every shot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Um, all right, so that's your your two news stories: Golden Girls yep. and Cruella. It can be more opposite stories. <laughs> For you. Uh, let's get into WandaVision. Um, if you're just joining us, you may not know that we do full spoilers. So um, if you have not seen episode seven, I w- we'll probably reference older episodes as well uh, here and there, but um, we are primarily talking about episode seven. If you haven't seen it, definitely recommend hitting pause. Um, it's only 30 minutes, 35 minutes, wait, whatever the length was. And you'll it'll be worth your while to just watch it and then come back because uh, we don't want to spoil anything for you. So uh, you have been warned. So we're going to go into full spoilers at this point. Um, the episode is called Breaking the Fourth Wall, which is perfect because they're kind of doing like a modern family, The Office. Yep. The, the, the theme song was 100% The Office. Oh, yeah. Like, they were clearly going for that musical And then style. the interviews and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you as the episode progresses on, like it it feels more modern family because it actually is a family. Yeah, um, you're not even in an office for at any point during the show. Um, but yeah, it's it, this we are clearly in like the, two, the late 2000s, mm-hmm. early 2010s um, kind of era of TV. There can't we only know we know there's only a couple episodes left. Like there can't be much left because we're almost up to 2021 at this yeah. point. Um, but that that's what we got this week. So um, what were some of your highlights from from the episode? Um, I mean, it kind of starts off slow and it kind of is pretty slow where, um, what I'm referencing is kind of when Vision meets Darcy and then we get the whole gag. Oh, we're going to go find Wanda now. (laughs) But what is this? Uh, traffic crossing (laughs) and it's going to take us five hours to get to, vision's house and um it kind of is very slow i mean don't get me wrong the whole circus thing where uh darcy is this escape artist and she before vision even uh taps into her brain she thinks he's a creep trying to hit on her (laughs) and dude when i laugh there's not a lot of times i laugh like really loudly watching this show but i one of the loudest laughs i've done the entire season was in this episode now i agree with you by the way i think this this episode for me was not as good as the a couple episodes that preceded it Mm -hmm. i i this to me was a a small step down um overall uh, although I think it had some of the biggest reveals in the entire season as well. So it's, it's yeah. kind of, I'm, I'm of two minds on the episode, but um, I, I laughed so loud when she said, um, uh, fine, I'll go out with you, but I'm ordering the lobster. <laughs> I, I, I was yeah. like, that is so funny. Uh, and her comedic timing is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I mean, it's kind of one of those episodes where it was very slow, but I mean, if you don't have the reveals at the end, I mean, this is, we're back oh, to yeah. episode one and two. Yeah, pretty the, much. There wasn't very much revealed. I would say until the last ten minutes, I yeah. I really wasn't even totally locked in. Yeah. I, I I was. I was, it's not like I was checking my phone. I, any anytime I'm watching MCU, I'm I'm tuned in. But, um, but yeah, I. There, you're right. There was a, a lot of waiting, like where yeah. the characters weren't even moving. They were just sitting in a room, sitting in a truck, talking to each other. Yeah, and. Um, the, the twins were notably absent from the episode. They were there at the, at the beginning and then kind of gone. Um, there's no Pietro until, you know, spoilers, the very, very end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an off episode as far as the momentum I thought, thought that they were building. The most interesting stuff happened outside of the hex, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. But what, what was happening inside the hex, I felt was just like stale water. Like it just, it wasn't yeah. moving. Especially after five and six, which they're yeah. probably my two favorite episodes to this point. And I mean, especially with what we saw in six, I mean, this kind of was a letdown, but I mean, I'm very intrigued. And I mean, we've talked about how we've bought into this show. Oh yeah. And I mean, I would say I'm excited to see where this show's going to go, but it's all because of the last 10 minutes. Yeah. So, um, and I'm glad it was a shorter episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost kind of wish it was a little shorter than it was. Yeah. Just I, there's a lot of stuff in there it, with any show that's, that, that is, you know, one of my favorite shows of all time is, is lost. Like uh, I love Boston legal. Like there's always lulls in any show, like where it's like, you get to like the 16th episode of season three of lost. And it's just like, okay, that, that didn't really move very much. Yeah. The needle just didn't, didn't budge. Um, but, um, and, and, and that's okay. Like I, I think, with these nine episode shorter seasons, you kind of expect it to be fully on rails the whole bang, time. Bang, yeah. Bang. But it's not, they're not always going to do that. And sometimes the show just needs to kind of sit and breathe for a little bit and, and, and get you thinking about certain ideas. Yeah. And I think that's what this was. This episode was, I think after this, it's, it's all. Yeah. I think eight, eight and miles nine an will be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be nuts. I certainly the second half of, of eight, and then all of nine, and yeah. but maybe all of eight and nine. Um, so yeah, it's. But I think the reveals in this episode were so juicy and so big, not just for the series, but I would argue all of the MCU. It's about to get crazy, um, and there are some still some bi- even bigger reveals coming. That by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, like that was a good episode. It just it wasn't as thrill a thrill ride um, yeah. like the episodes before it. But what were some of the bigger? Uh, reveals for you which ones did you want to um, talk about well I would s- start with we'll start at a lower pace um, we had talked about how uh, the director Hayward was um, after Vision and mm. I would say we definitely got that reveal that he is 100% without a doubt after Vision and um, we've already talked about how it's because of the vibranium which I mean, who wouldn't want the vibranium? Yeah. Um, and I would say that a prediction I have is that um, Ultron is possessing Director Hayward. Yeah, dude, you mentioned that to me yesterday, and I like you saw the look in my eyes. Like my mind was blown when you when you said that. I was like, dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be epic. 
and especially just because you and I just watched Age of Ultron. We mm-hmm. actually reviewed it several episodes ago. If you want to go back and listen, listen to our thoughts on a rewatch, a 2021 re- rewatch of the the original Age of Ultron movie. Um, I would love some more Ultron. He's yeah. such a great villain. Um, so yeah, at, in that movie, his his whole goal was to like adapt his body into like he basically wanted to like be a more powerful body yeah. um that he was very fr- frail like at the beginning of the movie and it got stronger and stronger but he was looking to evolve and he mm-hmm. talked a lot about evolution um that this Hayward literally could be the next stage of his evolution if he yeah. if he's still alive so um that was the first thing that really piqued my interest um how about you um I, yeah i just w- i want to speak real quick to to vision that they are definitely making that it's the show is called Wanda vision, but like, I think most people have just been seeing the Wanda part of it. The, the show is becoming more and more about vision. Like I, the last couple episodes in particular have been like all eyes on vision. Like everyone's looking at vision either for it to be a hero or to be, the object of desire like you know people are like trying to like wanda obviously wants to to keep him forever alive mm-hmm. hayward wants to use him for whatever science project he's got you know cooked up and so like i i almost feel like the episode is kind of more and more kind of like focusing on on vision in the second half of the season so yeah. um yeah he uh there's a line was it darcy is either darcy or monica but one of them says um hayward wants his sentient weapon back and um yeah for him it's all about the the uh the ballistics part of vision like he knows that he can really wreck shop with yeah with a without a doubt yeah with a weapon like that um yeah i uh as far as like big reveals and stuff like that um i guess this i guess this wasn't so much of a, a reveal i'm kind of going in order of the show but um that dude that scene with where I really started to get my adrenaline ramp- ramped up was when she drove that rover, that space rover into the, we find out it's an actual space vehicle, like yep. something you would drive on like Mars or whatever. But like um, she drives that thing into the hex and not only does it not go through the hex, only like a third of it even makes it even somewhat inside of it. Like, yep. and, and they're like, Monica's like, you know, found, found her friend, or whatever that has the, by the way, we, I don't think we've met the engineer cause it's a male engineer, but yeah. um, she finds her friend and gets that Rover and, and her friend's like, Oh, no problem. You're, you're going to sail right through this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only did that not happen, but the, the hex actually grabs the front of the vehicle and, and hurls it, like pulls it up yeah. off the ground. And then basically like ejects, like she, Monica has to like bail out before this thing like literally throws the truck through the air. Um, and I didn't see that coming. Like yeah. I, I, for one thing, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I thought she was going to get through. Like yeah. I thought she was going to get all the way back into the hex. And secondly, if, if Cause at one point kind of looked like it was going to go through pretty easily. Yeah. And Monica even says something like that. She's like, she's giving it all the gas it has. And she's like, uh, just one more, one more moment. I think it's, it's starting to give, like, I think it's going to go. Yeah. And it like, nothing could have been further from the truth. Like that truck was never going to win. Um, but yeah, I, I love seeing the power of the hex, like just lift that thing off the ground and then how it like transforms like the, the front half of it into like this pickup truck. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, just to see its effect on inanimate objects. So that was a cool scene. It I, was for I, sure. I thought either a, she's going to go straight through it or B she's just going to hit a wall and go, Oh, well that didn't work, but we didn't get either of those scenarios and yeah. it was really exciting. Yep. So that was pretty cool. And then, I mean, I would say 
I don't think either of us really called this, but I don't think it was really surprising that um, what proceeds after this is Monica now has powers. Yeah. We, t- we talked about the possibility that on last week's episode about how could this be an origin story for Monica? Like, yeah. is this how, cause they were talking, talking up really big about like, you can't go in a third time. Like this is altering your DNA mm-hmm. um, on a molecular level. You're being changed. And we thought, well, it could be powers, but we were also kind of not, we were kind of wondering if that would even happen in this show. And yeah. then we got it in the very next episode. So yeah. And so, I mean, I would say it's probably safe to say mutant. Wouldn't you say? I think this is, I mean, that we've been waiting for the whole Fox merger to pan out to like give us X-Men in the MCU. Um, even though like her, it's Photon, right? Yeah. I always like second guess myself that that's not the right name. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read in an article. Okay. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with this character in the yeah, comics. I'm I, not either. I read a lot of Marvel comics, but I've not read uh, Monica Rambo. But in the comics, Monica Rambo, I believe Jerry, Jerry McMullen is listening to this and he's saying, he's, he's you gonna, guys are idiots. He's going to correct us. But like, um, I believe her, her superhero name is Photon. Yeah. Um, I, at one point I think she was Captain Marvel. Like she was Captain Marvel before, um, Carol took okay. over that name. Um, but then I think I read somewhere that she was called Photon. Anyways, Jerry will correct us. Um, but um, so I don't know what her powers are, but with, like her eyes started glowing and obviously she's like, you know, uh, strengthens. Like yep. she has a lot more strength now. Um, so, I mean, we're going to see her powers like soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, she all- already kind of kind of confronted Wanda. It wasn't like a full oh, fight yeah. scene or anything, but but I mean, she held her own, um, and I think it was a really cool scene. Um, just her going through the hex, and you have like the voices. Oh yeah, in her head, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I had to read up on like whose voices there what, were. What was it? I I assumed it was from the Captain Marvel movie. Yep, there was Captain Marvel in it, and then Jimmy, and then. Uh, I heard Fury in there. Fury, somewhere. I believe too. Yeah, w- w- was it and her mom? Was it direct audio from the movie? I, I'm not really sure. I didn't, it didn't really up. say, but those were those were just the voices that I had read that um, were in her head as yeah. she was going through. If you're gonna go back and watch this episode a second time, which I've not done, um, I would definitely like um, zoom in on the audio for that that scene because yep. there, there could be some like um, good like you know, future telling um, Mm kind of clues there. So, but I mean, it was a very powerful scene and I mean, it was a pretty cool origin story. It wasn't the Peter Parker being bit by the spider or anything (laughs) like that. Yeah. But this is cool. Going back to what you said about mutants, like this is new. Um, What we're watching is new for the MCU. We've not seen, a mutation and it is clearly a mutation. Like Darcy made that very clear that on a molecular level, your body is changing. It's mutating. I think she even said the word mutating. Yeah. And so, yeah, we are watching the, the, the first mutants uh, in the MCU, which is really exciting. Yeah. And I mean, we knew that they would incorporate Fox into this, but we didn't know how much, but I mean, it was definitely a cool one. I mean, I don't think we need 15 mutations yeah in the next two episodes but i mean it was cool to get one i don't i don't think that i, I we could be wrong i i don't know that we will yeah. i like i i i think 
if they do anything with other mutants, like from Westview, like other Westview mutants, um, I think I think we get it in, in like the the final five minutes of the of the finale. Yeah, like I, it's not we're not going to see. I don't know. We I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see more and more mutants have to like take down the villain. So let's talk about that next. Who is the villain of this show? I feel like we a- we ask this question every episode of of our podcast, but um, the, the the big reveal at the very end was Agatha, right? Yes, Ag- Agatha Harkness. What what's cool? We've talked about Agatha on the show previously because mm-hmm. I mean that's not we didn't have like an inside scoop on that. A lot of people were saying yeah. Agnes has got to be Agatha. Yeah. Um. And so now we finally got it. It's com- it's confirmed. She is Agatha Harkness. And she, in the comics, is essentially a, a magic wielder. She's um, uh, she's Scarlet Witch. She's, you know, Doctor Strange, but, like, you know, villain version. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, at, at the end of this episode, if this was the only episode you watched, you would assume that she is the villain of the show. Yeah. But until we had gotten to this point, there's there's one line that Monica says that I think will kind of frame help fr- help us frame it a little bit. Um, Monica confronts Wanda right after mm-hmm. she goes mutant, and she says she looks at Wanda in the face and she says, "Don't let him, don't let him." Talking about Hayward, make you the villain, and like, and then and then Wanda actually retorts back and she says, "Maybe I already am the villain," yeah. and so like. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so intrigued to like see what ha- how the last couple episodes yeah. end because either it's going to be Wanda versus Agatha and Wanda becomes the hero of the story, which is I think is going to be so bizarre if they do yeah. that, um, or it's going to be Agatha and Agnes, but that doesn't seem possible because she clearly seems opposed to Wanda. Yeah. Um, I I don't even know what Agatha's motivation is at this yeah. point. Like what she what she's after. What I mean, she what are your want- thoughts on all that? <laughs> I definitely think she wants the twins, for sure. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I've also read articles where they said the twins kind of were just a figment of Wanda's imagination planted by Agatha. Oh, wow. But, I mean, if the twins truly do exist, I think that's probably the end game for her. But, I mean, going back to it, who really is the villain... I think at this point it definitely is Agatha, but Wanda is not guilt free either. Yeah. I mean Wanda did bring a lot of this upon the people. And I mean she's been holding thirty eight hundred people captive. Yeah, she's literally had hostages for weeks, months yeah. or whatever how long it's been. So um I'm very interested to see where they go from here and I think it'll be chaos and I mean I don't really think they can really I mean I guess they could do Wanda versus Agatha but I mean then we're just backtracking I don't know I I, I would say it's more likely that Agatha and Wanda join together yeah. than it is them opposing each other what do you, let me ask you this, because I, I don't know if I have a good answer to this question. What what do you think Agnes has been trying to do all this time? What what, what do you think has been her her motive? Like I I, I don't really even know. Like yeah. I it's I mean, we're about to find out, I think, yeah. on Friday. But And I mean you just wonder uh Wanda's mind control. Did it ever really affect Agatha? I don't think so. I like I think she 
I could be wrong, but I, she, well, I don't know. Cause I, I would say no to that, but then there's the, the scene where vision is reaching through the car door and like yeah. zapping her brain. So either she's play acting, which mm-hmm. she absolutely could be play acting, play acting to keep up the ruse yeah. with, with vision or that was legitimate. Like she, she snapped out of it. Um, you know, she was, she was stuck on the edge of town trying yeah. to, trying to leave town, whatever in her car. That, that scene is the thing that throws me off the most, but um, boy, I don't know. I they're, they're going to explain it s- yeah, somehow without um, a doubt. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that she has been play acting this entire time, like that that she's not been affected at all yeah. by Wanda's magic. So, we'll and see. I mean, it just kind of, um, I'm very interested to find out why, um, if Wanda is the one that brought her there why she brought her there i'm sure that question will be answered yeah i'm guessing we'll get that answer in this next episode most likely yeah and um or is she more like the type of character like monica who she went through the barrier and wanda was just like okay i'm fine with that yeah yeah, I, I, we, we have to have some kind of showdown with Agatha. That's for sure. Yeah. I, she's obviously going to come to blows. It's just who does she fight? Like I, yeah. she will almost certainly fight fight Vision. I think that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um, I she'll almost certainly fight Monica. I think that's a given. Um, but where, where Wanda, like what's whose side is she on? Is she on her own side, like a third side? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I all I know is that like Wanda doesn't have any motivation that's stronger than just um keeping up appearances like she, she wants Westview to continue yeah. and for everyone to leave her alone. So I think that's what, sh- what her goal is. I have no idea what Agatha's goal is. And obviously vision just wants everyone to be back to normal. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's when he, I, I'll never forget his phrase as he was exiting the hex very difficultly, mm-hmm. um, you know, struggling to get out of the hex. He was like crawling on the ground and he's saying, save the people. You have to save the people. Um, so he doesn't want anything other than just Westview to go back to normal Westview. Yeah. So, um, and obviously Monica wants that too. So the two of them are going to team up and it might be a three-way match. That would be really cool to watch. Um, so I don't know how all that pans out, but we're about to find but out. I mean, uh, I also read an article this week that the biggest cameo is yet to come. That's yeah. Right. That's nuts. Yeah. And I would definitely, I would say this is my boldest prediction, but I mean, we've been talking about this since the beginning. I think it's definitely Dr. Strange. It has to be right. I, they, the one thing that they've been vocal about is about how this show is definitely tying into, it's like a appetizer to the Dr. Strange movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so when they say a big character is coming and it's going to tie into Dr. Strange, you almost have to assume it's Dr. Strange, which makes me, if anything, like, like second guess and be like, okay, well it can't be Dr. Strange. That's too obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I don't think they do. I don't think they do like, um, Falcon or winter soldier. Like I, yeah. it's not going to tie into that show. And it's not going to tie into Loki. I don't think either. Yeah. Or Hawkeye. Yeah. Last, wasn't it last week that you had kind of thrown out the idea that, or you had read somewhere, whatever that Hayward was Loki. But, yeah. then, but then we, I think we pretty much kind of quickly dismissed yeah. that. I don't think that's true, but, um, I don't think Hiddleston is in this show. Yeah. I, I definitely think, um, 
I think it's gotta be, um, unless we get Fantastic Four. But I think it's yeah. de- I think it's definitely going to be Doctor Strange. And Fantastic Four would be a huge reveal because I I just don't know how you tie it into Doctor Strange too if you don't get somebody from Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I don't think I can't even think of the guy's name, but Benedict Wong plays yeah. him. Yeah, he's but, not he's not a big character. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't really see any character from doctor strange as a big get besides doctor strange no yeah it's it's definitely benedict cumberbatch like i i I can't imagine anything bigger than him um that that would tie into that the new movie so and it's not gonna be spider-man it's not like there's a lot of like theories out there i i think it's it's gonna be something that's gonna go into that movie and i can't if if this movie is truly all about magic isn't it obvious that it's doctor strange yeah i I don't know that and again that's makes me second guess it but and i mean He's really the only counterpart to Wanda and Agatha, really. Yeah. Um, so the finale, I don't I don't know if the finale of the show is going to land like the finale of season two of The Mandalorian. Spoils for, spoilers for <laughs> the ending of season two of Mandalorian. You've had enough time to watch it by now. <laughs> um, but the way that they, they dropped the big character reveal mm-hmm. at the end of that show, um, I guess I won't say his name just in case someone's <laughs> still listening. But like... Um, like it was the character that we all wanted to see, but yep. never thought we ever would. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just mm-hmm. do it anyways. Let's just give them exactly what they want. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like that this, the end of the season is going to be the same way. Like it's going to be Dr. Strange showing up and saying, Wanda, Agatha, you, you guys think, you know, magic, you don't know magic, like the Sorcerer Supreme. I'm going to yeah. come in and show you how it's done and and basically clean up the town so and i mean that would be a great intro into the movie yeah it would be and then i would be two for two on my predictions because <laughs> i predicted the big reveal going back to mandalorian season two so yeah that's true but um i'm definitely definitely intrigued and we also found out um that the next two episodes are going to be the longest two episodes of the season. Good. Um, the article I read said that uh, this upcoming one is going to be 47 minutes, which, so you're probably getting about 40 to 41 minutes of action, which yeah. is the most we've gotten by far. Yeah, that's great. And then whenever they came out with the show, they were promising that we were going to get six hours of footage. Which would, if you do the math, um, we're going to get over an hour for the finale, which would be that's, fantastic. That's phenomenal. I, yeah. I mean, even the longest episodes of Mandalorian were like 55. So you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about that kind of length. Um, that would be great. I, I would love that. Yeah. So, and then of course, um, we get Agatha ki- saying she killed Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the Azaleas. Yeah. She just just we, killed that we hate you, Agatha. Yeah. You killed Sparky. I, there's nothing that you could say to make you more of a villain than I killed your dog. Yeah, you <laughs> killed a puppy. I mean, are you really Cruella Deville? <laughs> yeah, um, dude, it's it's that this episode straight up turns into like a horror movie at the end. So oh yeah, I, like she's um she walks in and she's like um she's like where are the twins and um or no that was that Vision. 
Yeah, Vision says, no, wait. No, it's Wanda. It's, it's Wanda, yeah. Yep. Wanda says, uh, uh, where are the twins? And then Agnes is like, oh, they're probably just playing in the basement. It's okay. And then she like drops back into the shadows. You're like, oh my gosh, what is going on right now? And I mean, you kind of felt like, <laughs> are we going to get that like jump out scene? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was getting a little tense at the end. Um, and, then, um, and then, of course, her big line is, Wanda, Wanda, you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, did you? And then she gets her own theme song. Yep. And I was like, I was like pumping. I mean, for as slow as the first half of this episode was, I was pumping my fists in the air at the end. So like, I was like, "Yes, that's so awesome!" Like, they actually give her her own theme song, and it kind of makes me wonder if like episode eight isn't literally her show. I mean that that would definitely be cool, um, and I I think it would also sit very well with the viewers, just because I feel like we kind of need like more clarity on what really has been going on in Westview. Yeah. Cause we kind of got this whole thing where we, um, in Agatha's theme song, we kind of got this thing where we kind of feel like now Agatha was the one pulling the strings all the time. Yeah. So I feel like we definitely need more clarity. Yeah. And so I almost feel like we could get maybe like 15 to 20 minutes of backstory Oh, I would love and that. And then new stuff on top of that. That's a great prediction. I, I almost wonder if that's exactly what they do. Yeah, because the, there is a, a definite sense of like Wanda's not been the only one controlling the town. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love for them to explain like how that all works. Because um, it's been back and forth with Wanda, right? Like they, she had that, um, I thought, epic scene in the town square with Pietro with her brother. And he's like, like, how did you do all this? And she's like, I don't know how I did all this. Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question might be legitimately, I didn't do all this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I hope, I, I would love to see like a 15 minute backstory of like, here's how we got up to this point um, mm-hmm. with Agnes. So, um, yeah, I, they have to at some point explain the hex, like the, how it all started, yeah. um, like what, what caused all this. So hopefully we get that in the next episode. And then episode nine is just like nothing but like combat and like fighting words, stuff like that. I just, Cause I, I mean, then if we don't really get a reason for the hex, then we're kind of back to DC universe where, yeah, MCU is pretty good about that. Yeah. I, knock on wood, but like I, they, they do tend to wrap a pretty bow around things. Yeah. Um, so I, I, in, in, in MCU, we trust, I guess, but we'll see. Um, and then there's a very brief, it's like a one-liner uh, after credit scene, which I'm glad you told me about because I, I usually don't stick around <laughs> for the credits, but Grant watched it before I had a chance to, and he said, uh, definitely stick around for the credits. And so uh, if you did not stick around for the credits, I guess we'll just tell you what happened. It's not, it's not like a huge spoiler or anything, yeah. but um, uh, Pietro, is there. He's not been mm-hmm. in the entire episode. I thought maybe he was just permanently gone. Yeah. Um, and uh, he shows up and he says like, Snooper's got a snoop or something yep. like that. To Monica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it, it, that's very open-ended. Like, is he uh, her friend? Is he her foe? Like, we don't, we don't really know what he's there to do because <laughs> it quickly cuts away and goes to black um, after that. So, yeah. But um, I would say, which we talked about last week that it could be Mephisto as um, oh yeah Pietro yeah and there were some uh, articles that I read about Easter eggs and there apparently there was something in the basement it was the tablet thing oh wow and apparently that is ties in to Mephisto oh wow so 
I mean, I would say that prediction is still on the table. Yeah. And, I mean, but, I mean, do we really have that much time left to tie in Mephisto next? We said this on last week's episode, I feel, and it's even more true after episode seven, that there's there's starting to get almost too many characters in the show. Like, yeah. um, you know, uh, Darcy, Jimmy, you know, those are smaller characters, but now we're starting to get like big named characters. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Agatha, Wanda, Vision, and Monica, but Pietro's kind of number five. Yeah. And then is Mephisto six? Is Doctor Strange seven? Like it starts to get a little crowded. Um you know, leading up to the finale. Yeah. So uh, I, I always prefer it to be more streamlined and more focused as opposed to, you know, just tons and tons of names. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously the next two episodes are can't miss episodes. Yeah. I'm still not entirely unsure that Pietro's not just a figment. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know that he's, he's, it's someone masquerading, you know, Loki or Mephisto or whatever masquerading as Pietro is, as it is just, it could, it could literally just be Agatha, like just yeah. created him out of nothing. So just to get Wanda off her game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think we're going to see some awesome content uh, yeah. this Friday. Like it's, it's going to be an epic showdown of two, females in particular that really want to be in control yeah. and um, they're going to fight, fight over uh, Westview for sure. So, uh, and maybe the twins, like you said. All right, let's jump into our movie discussion for today. Um, Cheaper by the dozen. I didn't realize this. I, I had questions about it as we were watching certain scenes play out in the movie. It came out on Christmas. Oh, like on December 25th, 2003. Hmm. So that explains a lot as you're watching yep. it. I wish I had known that before watching the movie because I was like, why are they like talking about Christmas so much in this movie? Um, the, it, the movie doesn't take place even around Christmas no. except for like the last five minutes of the film, Yeah, um, which makes it a weird Christmas movie in my opinion. But we got like soul on Christmas this last year. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not movies that come out. We got, uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Yep, <laughs> on we Christ- did on Christmas, and that that movie is definitely not a Christmas movie. So yeah. Um, but anyways, Christmas Day two thousand three is is what we're going back to. Uh, I had never seen this movie before. Um, okay. I love Steve Martin. I've seen a lot of his movies, uh, and love Steve Martin just about everything I've seen him in. Um, but I had not seen this movie, or of course, its sequel. Um, we it's new or coming back to the service. We think it may, maybe it was on yeah. Disney Plus when it first launched, then mm-hmm. had to leave, and then but now it's back. Uh, just came back last week, and so uh, we jumped on it and and watched it. What's your history with this movie? Did you see it when it first came out? Uh, I think so. I know I owned it on VHS. Oh, okay. So, um, I want to say I probably saw it pretty early on when it came out. Um, but I mean, it's, I mean, I love Steve Martin as well. And, um, there's other characters that make it for me. I mean, Hillary Duff's in it. So going back to like Lizzie McGuire and then the kid that plays, I always forget his name, but the kid that plays Beans from Even Stevens. He's the, I, the neighbor in this one. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite, like, non-major characters. And then, of course, Hank as, at, or Ashton Kutcher as Hank is, I mean, the stuff he goes through in it. But, I mean, honestly, he, he's, is, for he me, is such a jerk in the movie. Oh, he totally is. It's a great character for him. Uh, he's very much 
concerned with his own self. Like he's, he is self reflective the entire movie. And I really, I really like seeing him play a role like that. Um, uh, I, I thought he was just as funny as Steve Martin and that's high praise because Steve Martin is like literally one of the funniest comedians of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't always love Ashton Kutcher in everything that I've seen him in, but in this movie he was, he had me rolling. Like I was, I was laughing so hard at him. So yeah, he was, he was really great. Um, I'm going to blow your mind here for a second. I, I, I'm looking over her filmography. I think this is the first time I've ever seen Hillary Duff in anything <laughs> that, and I know that's, that sounds so silly to you, but I, I, we've talked a lot on this show about how we were from different decades. Yeah. <laughs> I was born at the tail end of 1979. Uh, Grant was born in the nineties. So I, you know, my experience with Hillary Duff as an actress is very limited. Yeah. Um, I've seen her maybe, in like in like an interview on a, like a, a late night show maybe once or something yeah. like that i i'm i'm aware of who she is she's obviously a huge been a huge player in disney uh disney channel in general but i i don't think i've seen her in anything except for this movie <laughs> so yeah that was it was interesting for me to actually see her like with her bangs and every like just her hillary duff style but and know exactly who she was but not know anything about her mm-hmm. uh, or how she acts so and then, of course, we get Bonnie Hunt in it. Um, and really, the only background I have on Bonnie Hunt is that she's the mom in the Beethoven movies. Ah, I knew I'd seen her from somewhere. I I couldn't place her. Um, but yeah, I've absolutely seen the Beethoven yeah. once. So, yeah. And she's funny, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so this, this movie... I mean, maybe it was even going for this, but this movie has a very home alone kind of feel to yes. me. Like the the mom and dad, um, I mean, like I have expected to see Bonnie Hunt shout Kevin at some point. Like it, <laughs> it, it is it is very much, if you like Home Alone, you will like this movie, uh, especially because there's so many kids in the house. Like it, yeah. it, it feels like the opening to Home Alone. Um, but it, it is its own thing. Like it's it's very different. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to start out by saying this. I did not watch a trailer or anything for this movie. I I, I read like a three sentence synopsis or whatever whatever is on Disney Plus. Yeah. And kind of, and it says it mentioned football and it mentions. Of course, I knew there was a lot of kids in the family, mm-hmm. a dozen kids. Um. But I I you're gonna laugh at me. I legit thought this was a sports movie. <laughs> <laughs> going into it like i the the opening credits were rolling and 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 then you, you know he's there's there's that like narration at the beginning yeah. he's talking about how f- football 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 and i was like okay we're gonna get like a you know not a funnier like a funny a funny comedy remember the titans yeah like, you know like it's all about his coaching style of uh, being a father of 12 you know and this movie has like no football in it it's like it's not even close it's the furthest thing from a sports movie yeah um, so like about halfway through, I was like, I don't think we're going to get any football, <laughs> which we get like one or two scenes with even yeah. football players even in it. But, um, yeah. Um, so you, I think you had actually, like when you first came on at, like, as a co-host, like, you know, way back, um, when we, halfway through this, the run of this podcast, you wanted to do this movie. Yeah. Cause I think it was on the service back then. They pulled it, like we said, mm-hmm. but, um, why did you want to do this movie? so much like what what, do you, what did you remember about it and then like watching it again did it bring back some of those memories um i would say the biggest thing is the slapstick comedy yeah kind of like we get in mighty ducks um cool runnings home alone um that's probably the biggest thing because i mean they're 
I mean, I probably hadn't seen this movie in like five or six years, but I definitely could tell you before I even watched this past Saturday, um, I could tell you the scenes that I absolutely love in the movie. Oh, interesting. And like I, I even told Caitlin as we were watching, oh, here comes one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'll just hop in and I would say one of my all-time favorite uh, scenes is... First, when um, Beans, or I don't even know what his character... I'm just going to keep calling him well, they Beans. Call, yeah, they call him FedEx. I, I think his... You're talking about that that kid? No, the kid that plays Beans on Even Stevens. Oh, that plays Beans, yeah. The neighbor kid. Um, I can't even think of his name. I'm blanking on it too now. So, I'll just call him Beans. <laughs> and uh, when he comes over and... Uh, it's confusing because the frog's name is Beans yep. in this movie. And so, like, Jake... Dylan. Dylan. Okay. So Dylan and his parents come in and then um, Jake comes by and he's like, what's up, dude? And they're just like, is Jake your only kid? And they're, they're, they just laugh. And then they literally proceed to start playing hockey in on pretty much their second floor of their house. Yeah. And, uh, Steve Martin makes a comment to the parents, you know, if it gets bigger than three on three, we make them take it outside. <laughs> and so then you get this thing where Beans is just, or Dylan's flying through, and he literally just goes right over the banister onto their chandelier. And I mean, it's just so funny. <laughs> and then um, and then Steve Martin tries to get him off, and he's like, in my spare time, I love to swing from the chandeliers. <laughs> and Dylan's like, cool. And then, of course, what happens? Uh, Dylan falls, and then Steve Martin brings the whole chandelier down. And that sh- that chandelier comes back again and again throughout yep. the whole rest of the movie, which I thought that was really, that was actually kind of cool, like yep. that they made that a centerpiece for like a running gag um, yep. th- throughout the whole movie. And then probably my second favorite, I mean, you could say it's my favorite as well, is when Hank appears for the first time and they soak his uh, underwear in meat. It's so good. It reminded me of the the antics in um, uh, Mighty Ducks three. Yeah, like the the prank style stuff. Yep. And I mean, and then like I would say one of Caitlin's favorite parts of this movie is when Steve Martin's questioning all of his kids and he's basically doing like a radar. Oh yeah, and then he. And then the two youngest twins, like, are the first ones to confess. <laughs> and then he just goes the beep, 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 <laughs> And then he comes up on Sarah. And it's, I mean, it's just priceless. I love Sarah. She's one of my favorite kids in the movie. Um, obviously, the, the older kids are a little bit easier to, like, connect to. Um, just mainly because the, the younger kids don't have a lot of lines. But um, Sarah is, like, actually, like, a really ferocious character yeah. in the movie. Um, and I thought she was really good. I don't know that I've seen that actress. I don't know that I've seen any of the kids as actors yep. in other things. Obviously, Hillary Duff's been in a ton, but yeah, um, like uh, even the older kids, I don't, I don't think I've seen them yeah. transition into. I mean, Tom Welling was in Smallville. Oh, okay. I, I've not seen Smallville, but that makes and, sense. And um, I think that's about it. Um, I think Sarah might have been in some Disney Channel things. Okay, that makes sense. And I want to say one of the twins, um, Kim, and I can't think of what the other twin's name is, but one of them's been 
I think she was in like Santa Claus three. Okay. So I mean, you're talking like small roles. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you would with such a huge cast. I mean, there's like 20 people in this yeah. movie. Um, I mean, obviously, just the Bakers themselves are 14 people. Um, you would expect a couple of them to kind of this is their breakout role, yeah. you know. And I like I scanned. I there was one point where towards the beginning of the movie that I thought one of the kids was Jonathan Taylor Thomas because <laughs> his his hair is literally. A, he's a spitting image of yeah. of the kid from um, um, Home, Home Improvement. And so, like, but it wasn't him. Like, yep. I, it's so, like, I, I thought, like, oh, this, I'm seeing, like, but, the, like, the decade wasn't right. Like, <laughs> Home Improvement is from the 90s. So, like, but, like, for a second there, I was like, is that, no, that can't be Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But, yeah, uh, yeah the, I didn't recognize any of the kids. The, the biggest actors in this movie are very small roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashton Kutcher really isn't even in this movie. Get this, Grant. Ashton Kutcher isn't even credited. I, I looked for his name at the end of the movie and his name does not appear in the credits, which is super weird Yeah, because he is outside of the Baker family. Take all the Bakers out mm-hmm. off the, the credit listing. He is the number one actor in this movie Yeah, <laughs> besides the Baker family. And as far as screen time, he definitely has the most. Yeah, that that is crazy. He, I did he, not know that. I don't know if he, that was something he requested. So listener, you might hear that and think oh well okay you know he wasn't credited because he was a no name he he this is 2003 he did dude where's my car three years before this movie and people knew who ashton kutcher was yeah. at, the, at this point he was maybe not a super household name but he was pretty pretty well known and i don't know i don't know how he got left off the the credits at the end is super weird um dax shepherd do you know who dax shepherd yep. is he's the he's the quote camera operator yep. that's the name of his character and he has five lines in the entire film it, which is so weird yeah like you know this is obviously a, a young dax shepherd um uh is it, he, he's a uh, kristen bell's husband right i think so yeah yeah i think he's married to kristen bell yep um then uh wayne knight do you know him from uh the um he's infamously he's in the that dress park scene where he, like the like the spitting dinosaur like attacks oh, him in the truck okay uh he's been in like um i, I mean probably most a lot of people know him from from uh, seinfeld but like he's just been in a lot of stuff but um he has like three lines in the oh, movie yeah. he's the electrician that fixes yeah. the chandelier i know who you're talking about now yeah um so it's it's super weird like there's some big cameo stuff in this movie that i wasn't expecting um and that's not even as, to not even mention that uh, like Regis and Kelly are in it. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, you know, pretty big faces yeah. in the movie. So uh, even if you didn't know who any of the kids were, but yeah, Steve Martin is clearly the the star of the show. Like he's, you're watching a Steve Martin film that happens to star other people yep. in, in the opening credits. He's the only actor that's mentioned. <laughs> it's like a Steve Martin film or whatever. So, and you also get the song, which Caitlin found this very interesting. You get life as a highway. Yeah. Before cars. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think it might have been some other movies that did it before this movie, but yeah, it's it's a pretty early. Uh, yeah. The, the soundtrack in this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Like it, it took me all the way back to the early two thousands of like oh, some, yeah. some of that like, um, you know, kind of grungy, kind of rock, and yeah. like um, the pop stuff. Like, um, it, the, almost every song is like a banger in oh, this yeah. movie. So. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's entertaining by far. Um, it might not be like the best plot I've ever seen, but I mean, it's definitely entertaining. It's very simple. I, the, if you haven't seen the movie or haven't seen it in a while, 
the basic plot is that this family is moving from like Podunk, USA yep. to a big city. And he, Tom, he gets his dream job. Yeah. He's, he's been a coach his whole life. Um, but he's never coached at his dream school. Like he wants to go back to the college he graduated from that. He was, you know, one of the star football players. Um, and, uh, he had like a, a buddy of his that, you know, they played together and he's been at working at that school and he is kind of the end to, to have them move. Yeah. None of the kids want to move. They have, they make a big sh- <laughs> show of it, but you know, we, I would feel better if we voted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but you can vote, but we're going to do what we think <laughs> is best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the votes like eight no's, two maybes and two yeses. Yeah. Yeah. He has 12, he has 12 kids and, um, you know, they're obviously, you know, uh, they, they had a kid every year. It seems like it's just, you know, they run the gamut of the ages. They've got high school, like almost college really. Uh, well, they have one, their oldest, uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, Lorraine or no, that's Hillary Duff. Um, Nora, Nora. She's out of high school. As yep. It would seem. Yeah. Cause she's no, that's said She's 22. Mm-hmm. So you have a 22 year old and then the, tw- the, ba- the baby twins are like four yeah. or five, maybe five years old. Um, and, and everything in between. So, um, they don't want to move. They ended up, they end up moving anyways. They go to the big city. They have like really nice stuff. Like they have like this, they have a, one of the coolest houses I've ever oh, seen yeah. in a movie. Like that house is amazing. I would have loved to have lived there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just the trap doors and secret passageways. And like, it's, it, it feels like the house from clue, but and it's, like the yard <laughs> and stuff. I yeah. Mean. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's a million dollar, multi-million yeah. dollar home. Um, but, uh, so they have all this nice stuff. They have like a new car and like all this cool stuff, but, and what becomes kind of the main plot point of the movie is dad's not around anymore. Like he's, he's putting everything he he can into work and basically ignoring his family. It doesn't help that his mom also, or the the mom of the family gets a book deal and has to leave right after they move there. Her dream then. Yeah. So like both mom and dad are both off chasing their dream and basically leaving the family behind. And then as you would expect in a typical Disney movie, that all comes around and they decide family first at the end and then everyone smiles and hugs. So that is the basic, there, there isn't much more else to the plot than that. Yeah, Not really. Um, most of it seems like a vessel to, to, transmute more comedy (laughs) it's 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 an excuse to let the kids be wild and they are wild the entire movie uh or steve martin just to do his crazy antics which he does a lot of in this movie and it's it's typical steve martin like it's it's funny stuff so um yeah uh i like um they call him fedex because he's like he's he doesn't fit in with the family yep yeah they said like because he doesn't fit in, the FedEx guy must have delivered him yep. um, as a baby. But um, he has this, fro- we already referenced it, but this frog named Beans. And he carries Beans around the entire movie. But um, he also owns Beans' mother, which pork. is pork. <laughs> pork and beans. And um, and like they like he visits like Pork's grave before they leave. It's His character, I think, is really fascinating. I, my two favorite kid characters were him and and that, young, that other girl that we talked and about. And Sarah. Right? Yeah, Sarah. Um, FedEx is is almost kind of, kind of becomes a central character. He definitely becomes a huge part of the finale because he's the kid that runs away and they, yep. have to, they have to go looking for him. But his actual name is Mark and they call him Mark at the end. But for the, pretty much the whole movie, all the kids call him FedEx. Yeah. So. But I mean, there is that scene where... Because, I mean, 
basically, which I feel like the soundtrack did a wonderful song. Um, I think it's a song by Simple Plan. But um, the chorus is all, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. And basically, (laughs) whenever they move to this town, their life really is a nightmare. I mean, I would say none of the kids really enjoy it whatsoever. Yeah, none. I... Like maybe the twins are are okay because they're not. I don't think yeah. I, I get the impression they're in like pre K or something. Yeah, and so, but I mean, you do get that cool scene with Mark where the um, which typical Disney slash family movie um, where there's th- those two preppy kids that are picking on Mark, and then his family steps in, and then they just beat the crap out of these kids. Yeah, and so. I mean, that was cool, but I mean, really, the kids' lives are miserable. I mean, from top to bottom, pretty much. Yeah, I think a lot of the the comedy, so to speak, comes from uh, the absolute chaos of of that house. Like, it is Steve Martin being Mr. Mom at home with 12 children that mm-hmm. are all doing the, something different. They're repelling off the side of the outside of the house. They're, um, they're one of the funniest scenes for me was the vomit scene. I loved that oh, scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was FedEx or another kid, but there's a younger kid that comes in and sees them doing something with the, how they're cooking or whatever and pukes on the floor and then runs away. And then like that bigger kid comes out and slips on the vomit, realizes he slipped in vomit and then vomits yeah. onto the floor. Um, I, that, those kind of like little, like you said, slapstick kind of visual comedy stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is really appealing for kids, but like the kid in you will probably laugh a lot too. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then I would say the third scene for me really is the birthday party scene, Dylan's birthday party. Oh yeah. Where the kids are supposed to be grounded, but they're just like, we're not going to stand for this. <laughs> and so like they're, they're adulting themselves. Like, yeah. they're, they're basically parenting themselves. Literally nine of them go to the birthday party. Yeah. And it's literally only the oldest three that don't go. <laughs> and I mean, they all have a gift for Dylan, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, that they all bought him a gift, and then or found. I, I got the impression maybe they found stuff around the house. Yeah, like just regifted it, and they give him a snake, which of <laughs> course you knew that was going to be like the big nightmare of the birthday party. Yeah, yeah, everyone runs screaming out of the house to get away from the snake. It's like yeah. a viper. It's like 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 a poisonous snake. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, that that's, that scene was great at the end. Uh, that happens right before uh, Mark runs away, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved Apple Schmear. That that was great. Uh, the movie does a really good job of making you feel like this is a real family with some really weird traditions. Oh yeah. Um, so like they even say like I, I figured Apple Schmear was something that Tom the dad came up with Steve Martin's character, but they actually reveal it's it's their grandmother like mm-hmm. presumably his mom um, Tom's mom um, came up with Apple Schmear, which if you haven't seen the movie is basically baseball but instead of a baseball you use an apple instead of a baseball bat you use a tennis racket yep <laughs> and it's Apple Schmear <laughs> yeah you hit the <laughs> hit the apple you like presumably like an overripe apple and it just splatters everywhere yep um so but those are like heartwarming scenes like with all the there are some dark scenes in this movie where like the kids are literally in trauma mode 
mm-hmm. like they're being traumatized by something that's happened to them, like a bully or something like that. Yeah. And and it, it, the dad just like literally turns a blind eye to them. Um, but there are also some like really heartwarming, like awesome family scenes too. Yeah. So uh, Apple Streamer was one of my favorites. Yeah. And then the whole like um, another tradition they have is taking their Christmas card in May. <laughs> yeah. Because they can get it to the printers for a really good deal. That that was so cool to me because I, I I grew up in a family of four. Like there yep. is me and my brother and my parents, and so I don't know what it's like to grow up in a bigger family. Uh, but I had some friends who had um, were my one of my friends in high school was the oldest of seven children. Oh wow! So um, there were nine people in that household, mm-hmm. um, including mom and dad. And so like I would go over to their house and see not a dozen kids, but seven kids like all running around going crazy. And like, and there's only two adults in the house. So like they're doing their best to like corral everybody and dinners are like at this massive table, you know? And so you see a lot of that stuff in this movie. And it reminded me of, of, of this family that I grew up with. And, um, and so that, that was cool just to see that. But like, it also reminded me of like the, the hand-me-downs, the, um, uh, like you said, the, um, what did you, what did you just say? The, Oh, the, um, Oh, how Trade. they have, like they have to discount their get discount oh, yeah. photos like yep. like and that was real like I, for the family that I grew up with like they they um they weren't poor but like they they made you know a livable wage for a family of four yeah. or five but they had nine people yeah. at home and so you you just f- th- come up with creative ways to stretch food to stretch clothing like you know just to to pan things out so that you can you can make it yeah. uh, as a family. So yeah, it was cool to see some of that. And then, and then like how enticing it is for them to get, take the easy street, which is to get this job. Yes. We're not going to be a family as, as close a tight, close knit family anymore, mm-hmm. but we'll have more money yeah. and more possessions, no more hand-me-downs, that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was all good storytelling yeah. like, to show that. And I mean, there's also in that Christmas card scene, there is the remarks where, Lorraine's wearing black and she talks about that or that Jesus died on Christmas <laughs> and they're like, uh, actually he died on Easter. And then they're like, actually Nimrod, he was <laughs> resurrected on Easter. Yeah. He died two days before that. And, I mean, I thought that that part's pretty funny too. Yeah. Yeah. Both of Grant and I grew up in church. So yeah, that, that kind of stuff is really funny. <laughs> Um, but I, I just, I loved Ashton Kutcher so much oh, yeah. in this movie. Um, every time he refers to his car as the LeBaron, yeah. um, I, I thought that was so funny. His Respect the boundaries around the LeBaron. <laughs> the LeBaron. <laughs> um, he, that scene where he's on the couch and he's talking about like how beautiful his face is <laughs> and like how he, like he, he's like, I just want to. I just want to point out that I only started acting like a month ago, and I already, I'm, I've already been on TV. And you know, they just they love my face so much, whatever. And then he starts making out with his girlfriend, which is their daughter, uh, on the couch right in front of them. I was like, dude, this character is nuts. Yeah. Like he's so crazy. Um, but he was he was really like. And he I drew can't me even in. go out anymore because of <laughs> yeah. the paparazzi. Well, have you seen him? <laughs> They're like, what? You've seen the paparazzi? He's like, no, they like to hide in the bushes. <laughs> His his character was so funny to me. Um, I really enjoyed it's him. It's like a lot. we'll be sitting there watching TV and bam, <laughs> he like shocks everybody. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, yeah, uh, 
Regis and Kelly shows up. They interview uh, the mom about about her book, which her book is called Cheaper by the Dozen. Yep. That's kind of the the whole idea of of the movie is like her, you know, raising a family. Um, I thought the we love the coach um, kind of running. It wasn't a gag. It was a serious thing um, throughout the movie. was was interesting. Like uh, at his um, Midland was their original yep. town. Um, he was like the town hero. Like mm-hmm. everyone loved the coach, and they had they held up signs. You know, like a row of of people will all hold up one letter. Yep. Letter right, and the letter spell. We love the coach. And they go to th- this big city, and it's the same thing that people are holding up letters. We love the coach. And as the season goes on, the letters start dropping. Yep. So it's like we love the C, and yep. then we love, and then just we. Yeah. <laughs> and then even then, like, start to like put which, their signs away. So which I mean, it is his family members holding that the signs. Oh, I didn't know that. So I it, didn't look that closely. It, it kind of shows. How the disconnect? Of, oh my god, I feel like an idiot. Of the family, really is okay. Okay, so it was always like even in Midland, it was them. Yep. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even catch on to that. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like how like as the movie progresses, like here's here's the, the cool thing about this movie. In this this movie's not Shakespeare. We we've talked about yeah. that with other movies on this podcast too. But um, what it does really really well is how it shows. If you're a guy listening to this podcast, you know this feeling of the struggle between work and family. Oh yeah, and I I know it, and I have two kids. I don't even have twelve. Like mm-hmm. so, like it's it's this thing of like I have to provide for my family, which means I have to be away from them, but I also need to be home and be present as well. And how like especially when the mom goes and he's I mean I don't even know how that's possible for him to even to pull off everything but that's the that's the struggle that you see with it, this is not a serious film it's a comedy yeah. but there are some serious things in the movie that really make you think and I I for me the most intriguing parts were that where uh where where um uh, Tom uh the dad is having to to try to balance the work life and the home life and how he's failing at both at yeah. the same time like he can't even do one of them well mm-hmm. uh, because he's trying to split he's literally splitting himself in in half and becoming a master of none uh and i thought that was actually like strangely deep in a movie that's i didn't think was going to be deep at all yeah um so yeah that was really cool and i i think like he 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 does that well. Like his comedy style is is good, but he can also deliver like a really serious scene, oh, yeah. scene too. With that, Steve Martin. So and I mean, then you get the good feeling at the end where family's stronger than anything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if, if you haven't seen it in a while, um, how it ends is. Um, we mentioned it already, but Mark runs away. Like he's had enough uh, that, you know, had enough of people calling him his own family members, calling him FedEx the whole yep. time. Uh, Beans dies, uh, which is kind of a breaking point for him. Like he feels like his only family is really this frog. Like that's his whole family is this frog. Uh, when the frog dies, it's kind of like the last straw yeah. and no one's listening to him and he just runs away and um, they don't even know where he's went. They're, they're, you know, um, canvassing the neighborhood and, I think it's Tom that figures it out. Yeah, because he's talking to Hillary Duff's uh, character, and he says, because she makes a statement of like, you know, he would. I know where I would go. I would go to the place that I love the most in the world. He's like the place that I, he loves most in the world. He's he's going back to Midlands, mm-hmm. and so he finds him on that train, 
the, tra- the train doors close and they stay on the train and go all the way back to Midland, which I thought that was kind of funny. And then uh, when they get there, the, the whole rest of the family is there waiting for them. Big family hug. And they realize that, hey, this is stupid what we've been doing. Like, yeah. you know, we've been trying to make something work that's just not going to work. So have you seen the second one? Yes, I have. Is it, I mean, it, like, does it take place in Midlands? Like, where do they go from here? They go to a camp. Oh, okay. And that's basically like a family competition, basically. Oh, that's between very Between another family that has a lot of kids as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's that's way different than this movie. Yep. Um, I, I assume it's all the same cast. They maybe couldn't get yeah. one, one of the kids back or something, but... Um, I, as far as like visual things, um, I, I did like the, the party <clears throat> Dylan's party scene because Tom actually goes over there at one point and he's trying to like wrangle all the kids, get to pull them away and get them safe. And he like jumps into this like bounce house ball pit <laughs> thing. And the, some, like a football, football player knocks something over or whatever. And the thing, the bounce house literally explodes. It, it blows up yeah. in size and like to the same in the same way that you would blow up a balloon too much that it would just pop. Mm-hmm. The thing literally explodes and he goes flying and lands on the beans character from yep. <laughs> even Stevens. Uh, that, it's that, it's wonderful. Great. So yeah, this is a good one to watch with your kids. It's, Oh yeah. It's very clean. Um, we've, we've talked, said that about some other movies we reviewed on this podcast, but it's, um, there's one like D word at the, at the very end is like after the credits even. Um, but other than that, there's no cussing. Um, there's mention if you're sensitive to this kind of thing, there's mention of, uh, one of their daughters sleeping with her boyfriends, but that's kind of it. Like there's Mm -hmm. not, there's not really anything that's, um, you know, sour, sour in it. So, and it's a good laugh for sure. Yeah. Steve Martin's always really good. And I think he makes a good kid's family, um, dad. So, yeah. Um, and the dialogue is really smart in this movie, by the way, like the, the it's, it's really quick delivery. Obviously when you have 12 people in the, or 14 people in the room, there's going to be a lot of quick delivery kind of lines, but uh, it's really smart dialogue. And it's like stuff that I wish I was quick enough to say on my own, but I can't. Uh, and so you get to watch it and kind of enjoy it in this movie. So yeah, it's a good one. Uh, we probably won't review the second one on the podcast. I think, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe someday we will, but uh, you can watch both. Um, now on Disney plus both movies are out on the service. So, um, I want to do our new segment, uh, this week, just, uh, before we wrap things up, we are doing what's new on Disney plus this week. So if you're not, you know, keeping track of like what's coming out, uh, this week. So if you're listening to it the week, the same week that we're recording, this is coming out on, uh, I guess I'll say the date every week. Uh, this is coming out on Friday. February 26th. Um, that's pretty much they drop everything on the same day. So obviously you're going to get WandaVision. That's a given at this point. Uh, Car SOS season eight. I had never heard of this. It's a, uh, like an auto repair uh, type type show, like a okay. reality show. Uh, Disney Channel Games. Have you ever heard of this? I, I'll, I'll confess this. I've not heard of most of the things that are coming out this Friday. Um, last week was a much better <laughs> release schedule. <clears throat> Disney Channel Games is like a game show for kids. Okay. Uh, Disney Illuminations Fireworks Show. I probably won't watch that. Uh, it's a Disneyland Paris firework, firework show. Disney Pair of Kings. It's a. Uh, this is probably uh, after your time, but it's a Disney Channel show that aired for three seasons, but like in the mid two thousands. Um, Disney Roll It Back. Disney's American Dragon. Jake Long. Oh, I, do you I know that one? Remember seeing that? Yeah. Okay. That that that's more in your wheelhouse. It's a mid two thousands anim- yep. animated show. 
uh, Mickey Go Local, which actually Jordan will probably watch. It's a, a more recent, like 2019 uh, okay. Mickey show. <clears throat> uh, Okavango, River of Dreams, which I can only imagine is some kind of documentary. Um, Shanghai Disney Resort Grand Opening Gala. Okay, up to this point, you've not cared about anything that I've said, but the last thing that they're releasing is uh, is a uh, Frozen short. So yeah. it's, it's a short film, uh, including the characters from the Frozen movies. Okay. It's, called, it's called Myth, A Frozen Tale. And um, I looked into it, and this is an interesting story. This is why I wanted to land on this one. Um, this People have already seen this in 2019. Not you, not me, but other, very select people have seen it. And that's because uh, it was a VR, a virtual reality short film, uh, t- that takes place in the world of Frozen 2 um, that they showed at... Uh, like the premiere of the movie. Huh. So like if you were lucky enough to attend um, like the, the very early like pre-showings of the movie, like yeah. you're a critic, a movie critic of some kind, you probably saw this back okay. in, the, in the fall of 2019, right, right when the movie was about to come out. Um, but they are adapting this. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it looks because it is. it was originally a, a VR uh, thing which if you're not familiar like virtual reality is basically you put you put goggles on and you're in like this 3d space mm-hmm. they're flattening it for the, the for this for your tv screen at home and releasing it on disney plus so that everyone can watch it um i think that's really fascinating uh, kind of origin story for this so um so yeah they they obviously put a lot of work into making this like a flat, you know, um, release that you can just watch on a, on a traditional yeah. television. So, uh, if you love, uh, frozen, definitely check that out on Friday. I'm sure, uh, I will be watching that with my daughter. So, um, that's all that's coming out next that, this week. It's kind of a slow week, uh, other than, yeah. other than WandaVision <laughs> and frozen. If you, if you enjoy those shorts, um, there'll be some huge releases, um, on next week's, when we talk about next week's yep. episodes or next week's, uh, releases, uh, the biggest being, uh, Raya and the last mm-hmm. dragon, which we will be covering on the show. Uh, we're very excited about that movie. Um, you want to mention anything that you guys have been watching on Disney plus this week? I don't, we haven't really, wa- we've watched a couple episodes of Lizzie McGuire. That's yeah. kind of been the show that we've picked up the torch from Ham Montana, but that's about it. Yeah. I got really busy this week and didn't watch much. Um, on we have movie night two nights a week as a family. Yeah, uh, Tuesday night and Friday night. Uh, last Friday we watched. Um, I watched. I only got to watch the first half of it, and I had to get some other stuff done around the house. But I did watch the first half. Jordan and and uh, my wife watched the entire movie. Uh, Je- Jordan had never seen until la- uh, last Friday night, uh, the Princess and the Frog. Okay. Uh, with uh, Princess Tiana. And so um, we had been waiting to, for her to watch it because uh, honestly, I'll be honest with you, it was primarily what you and Caitlin and a couple of our other friends had told us about the movie is that there was some uh, like vo- dark voodoo yep. magic kind of stuff in it. And um, she's four. She'll be five in July. And um, we didn't really want to introduce her to like what is like actual, like I believe like voodoo is like a real, like yeah. demonic perhaps like inspired magic type thing. And so we're like, eh, maybe a two year old shouldn't be watching that three year old. <laughs> maybe shouldn't be watching that. So we held off until, and, and it was just like, it was like holding back floodwaters. Like she's been wanting to watch this movie so bad. It's literally the only Disney princess movie 
that she hadn't seen. She's, so she's, she's filled out her catalog now because she finally saw it. Um, the, I didn't think the movie was as bad as, as I thought it might ha- it could have been. Um, although, I, again, didn't watch the whole thing. But I, I did kind of come in, in and out throughout the whole movie. And Jordan wasn't scared at all. She was she was tough throughout the whole thing. So, okay. uh, but she really liked it. Uh, Jessica says she really loved it. The, the first half that I watched, just sat and watched, was, I thought, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie was better than, than I expected. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really the only thing on our watch list this week was the princess and the frog, which, um, none of us, all three of us hadn't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, next week we are going to be watching, of course, WandaVision episode eight. We can't wait for that. And Grant, what else are we watching? College road trip. Tell us what, what is college road trip? Um, it's basically all these Disney stars coming back to make a movie. And they're, they're going on a literal road trip to visit colleges Yep, for their um, daughter. Yep. Raven is the main character. Um, and her and her dad, who's played by Martin Lawrence. Um, you, he, you had me at Martin Lawrence, yep. by the way. He, he wants her to go to Northwestern, which is very close to their house, which I think he says in the movie, he can be there. In his squad car in 30 minutes. <laughs> but his daughter wants to go to Georgetown. Okay. Which is like seven hours away. Okay. Or probably longer than that. Which he's not a fan of, I'm yeah. guessing. So they literally go on this road trip and, I mean, the chaos ensues. I can't but wait. I, but, I mean, if you like, if you like Lucas Grabeel, if you like Mandy from Last Man Standing... <laughs> The old Mandy the old from Mandy. Last Men Standing. If you like Martin Lawrence, if you like animals and chaos, this is your movie right here. And Donny Osmond. Yeah, I you had me at Martin Lawrence and Donny Osmond. Um, I I have to confess something to you. This is maybe not something I should admit, uh, depending on how you feel about these movies. But some of my favorite comedy, they're really comedies to me. They're big action movies too, of all time are the bad boys movies. I love, love the bad boys movies. Okay. Bad boys two is as far as like comedies, especially like mm-hmm. that movie's really funny, um, is a top 10 comedy for me of all okay. time. I, I love bad boys too. It's one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. So, and it's of course, Martin Lawrence. So mm-hmm. like when you, I was, when you were explaining the movie to me, I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to watch this. And you said, and, and Martin Lawrence is, and I was like, Oh, I'm in. I'm yeah. totally in. So yeah, I can't wait to see him in this movie. You showed me a, a brief clip of it, of Martin Lawrence. And I'm like, yes, I'm all in for this. Yeah. I'm totally in. So um, yeah, so those are the two uh, things we're going to be talking about next week. WandaVision episode eight and Bad Boys 2. I mean, <laughs> College Road Trip. Bad Boys 2 is not on Disney Plus. Don't go looking for that. <laughs> uh, it will never be on Disney Plus ever. Um, that movie is like, is really, really. R. It's, it's a hard, hard, hard to, R. Hard to the core. <laughs> so um all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have something you want to hear about on the podcast, let us know. Send us your own review of something that you've watched on Disney+. Plus. We'd love to uh, read your thoughts or play your thoughts on the show. Um, you can send us an audio file or just a paragraph of text. We, we love hearing from our listeners. The way to do that is Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. That's P-L-U-S all spelled out. Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, we will talk to you next week in about seven days for WandaVision Episode 8 and College Road Trip. 